remembrance on tonight. I thank you for revealing unto us on tonight, making the word known. I thank you for illumination and light that comes from the word on tonight. Quicken us according to the word. And Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. We are going to start a new series on tonight. Um, I pray that everybody got understanding on fasting. That was our last teaching in discipleship, but I believe this teaching that we are going to get tonight is going to help us to understand the church. I want to talk about the order of the church. So I'm going to start there, and by the time we finish, everybody should know how the church should be set up according to God's pattern and not according to men's pattern. We have learned, and I hope everybody have learned this, in the Bible it says the traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. And we see that in different um, churches, there are different things that are set up according to man and not according to God. Now, if you start out right, you're going to end up right. So I'm going to start here dealing with the order of the church, and I'm going to start back in the Old Testament, we're going to work our way up to the New Testament. Now, the first scripture I want to talk about, I want to talk about God's pattern. When we look at a pattern, um, women that sew, you know, you go get a pattern and you have to go by that pattern in order to make a garment, in order to make something. If you go outside of that pattern, then once that garment is finished, it's not going to be like the pattern was. So God had a pattern for the church. And I want to start up first of all with Noah. We notice how um, Noah first of all was somebody that God had called to do the ark. So we have to understand that when God um, have a pattern, he's going to have somebody that he's going to use to carry out the pattern that he has. And this is why God chooses uh, those that he want to use. There's so many people that are being put in place by man, and it's not God's choosing. And this is why we have to know what the call of God is on our lives. We don't um, try to do something just because somebody else is doing it or just because somebody say, oh, you know the word so well, you need to preach. Who told you that? You're allowing man to tell you stuff that God have not told you. So, so many people, just because they know the word, now they're a pastor. You know, if you know the word that good, you should be out there discipling somebody so they can get the word that you're getting. And, and people are setting up so many churches on corners. Every time you turn around, you got some kind of church set up because they say, God told me. Then when you look around, you don't see the church no more. People are scattered. It's not the way that it should be. The reason why it's like that is because when God started a thing, no matter what comes, that the church that God has started is going to stand. It's not going to falter. You know, you may have some wavering every now and then. You may have some doubts, but you're going to stand still on what God has said. So let's look at Noah. In the book of Genesis, chapter 6, verse 14 through 16, this is God speaking to Noah. So we have to understand, too, um, you need a relationship with God to hear what God wants you to do and how God wants you to do it. Genesis six fourteen through 16. He spoke to Noah and he said, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rome shall thou make in the ark and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shall make it of. 
The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shall thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shall thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shall thou set in the side thereof with lower, second, and third storage shall thou make it. So when God was speaking to Noah, he was telling him to, to, to prepare an ark. Now, this is one thing that I like about God. When God gives something to you, God knows what you're capable of doing. But we have to realize that it's not us doing it. It is the spirit of the Lord that he put upon us to do what he has called us to do. So never say when you know that God has called you to do something, don't say you can't do it. Because it's not going to be you that do it. It's going to be the spirit of the Lord that he put upon you to carry out what he has called you to do. So he called Noah to this. So the first thing he did was tell him to prepare the ark. God was telling him how he wanted the ark. And I want you to pay attention to this. When God gives you something, it's God's way, not man's way. You have to do it exactly like God is telling you to do it. This is why the Bible said when it comes to his word, we don't add to it. We don't take away from it. We do just as if, you know, the word tell us to do. We don't try to add to that word. We don't try to justify. We do exactly what God is telling us to do. So he told Noah how to make the ark. And this is so awesome because after he told him how to make it, he told him what needed to go in that ark. So Noah had to be obedient to God's plan, to God's pattern. And he was saying, you fashion, uh, this verse said, and this is a fashion which thou shall make of it, verse 15. So God said, I want you to make it in this manner. I want you to, you know, carry it out this way. So Noah had to do it exactly like God told him to do it. So what have we learned from Noah? The first thing is God called who to do it? Noah. So if he called Noah to do it, God already knew that Noah was capable of carrying out that ark, right? He didn't call nobody else but Noah. And then in verse 22, it says, thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. So it's going to take obedience. When God call you to a thing, he's not going to give you the whole thing. Because if God gave us everything, y'all, we would surely mess it up. So he's not going to give us all of it at one time. He's going to give us bits and pieces to see if we're going to be obedient with that. And then God said, okay, now you're ready for this. So Noah did all that God commanded him to do. And it was according to God and not according to Noah. I didn't see in here not one time that when God called Noah, Noah said, I'm not a builder. I don't work in construction. I can't do this, God. No, he has such a relationship with God, and this is the key. When you're in relationship with God and God is telling you to do something, you shouldn't say, I can't. Because you know that God, if he's calling you to do it, he's going to put his spirit upon you for you to do what he has called you to do. So this is the first thing was Noah and the ark. Y'all know what happened with the ark after the ark was built? What did God tell him? Now I want you to bring the animals in this ark, two of every kind. So he did everything that God told him. Y'all know the door was shut, and that was the end of that for Noah. He was obedient. So that was the pattern that God had given Noah. Now let's look at another person in the Bible where God had given them a pattern, and they had to follow that pattern. When you do not follow the pattern of God, 
or the way God does things, it's not going to prosper. Not the way that God has set it up to prosper. Sometimes we have hit and misses in the body of Christ, and this is a problem that happens in the body of Christ. First of all, whoever God called to a work, that's who we're going to talk to about that work. First and foremost, why would he tell Teresa what I'm supposed to be doing? If he has given it to me and I need help, he's going to tell me who to help me with what he has given me. So let's say Teresa come up to me and I say, you know what? I believe God called me to root up and tear down the strongholds off of God's people. And Teresa come up to me and say, no, I don't think that's what God called you to do. I believe in my spirit. God told me that you were a prophet. But I'm going to stand fast on what God told me in the beginning to do. So if I listen to Teresa, then I'm getting out of the direction of God. Now, not saying that's not on my life, but there's a timing for everything that God wants you to do. So when I'm um, steady talking to Teresa and she's exalting me and say, you hit it, you read on it, you need to walk in that office. This is what you need to do. So all of a sudden I'm listening to Teresa, but I heard what God has said. And as I began to walk in that office seem like it's not working seem like things around me is shifting and it's not the way that it's supposed to be and I get discouraged and then I say well maybe God didn't call me to anything so see what the enemy will do he would use people to take you off of what God has really given you or he will make you so busy the enemy that you will not be able to hear the direction that God wants you to go in with what you're doing so the next one I want to talk about is Moses We see Noah and how God called Noah. Let's look at Moses. Go with me to Exodus 20. We're still talking about God's pattern, his way of doing things. Exodus 20, 24 through 26. Exodus 20, 24 through 26. New Living Translation. He said, build for me an altar made of earth and offer your sacrifices to me. Your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and goats and your cattle. Build my altar wherever I cause my name to be remembered and I will come to you and bless you. If you use stones to build my altar, use only natural uncut stones. Do not shape the stones with a tool for that would make the altar unfit for holy use. And do not approach my altar by going up steps. If you do, someone might look up under your clothing and see your nakedness this was God's pattern for making altars so when they made an altar they could not use a tool to shape that altar into any image because if they use anything of natural means to do that to form an image God said you taken away from the pattern that I told you isn't that something so God said, this has to be done my way. I don't want it to be done, done man's way. So he said, and if you do this, it will no longer be holy. It will no longer be set apart. It will no longer be fit for my use. So then he said, the steps, he said, and do not approach my altar by going up steps. What is this saying is when they go up these steps, the higher the steps, people can see up under their clothing. He says, it's going to reveal your nakedness. So everything that God was telling them to do, they had to do it exactly like God told them to do it. Now, they probably 
did not understand at the time the things that God was telling them, but God knew that these other people that worshiped these other gods, they were making images and they was using tools to, you know, make these images, make these other gods. And God is saying, have no other God before me. He said, this is my pattern for the altars. This is how I want my altars made. So they had to follow the exact pattern that God was telling them. I'm telling you, by the time we finish with this teaching, when you go up into places, you're going to be like, oh, my Lord, oh, my God, this ain't God. This is man's way. See, man always try to find a way to do things that's outside of God's way. And when you go into a place that's outside of God's way, then you think that's the way it need to be done. But that's not God's way. So the Bible will tell you God's way if people will stay in the word and um, understand what the word is saying, then the church will be set up in the order God wanted set up and not man. So we see that was the way of the altar and he was talking to Moses. Now let's look at the tabernacle that he told Moses to build. Exodus 25, verse 8 through 9. Exodus 25, verse 8 through 9. He said, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. According to all that I show thee, after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. So here we go again. God said, I want a sanctuary that I may dwell in among you. He said, but this um, tabernacle is going to have to be after the pattern that I show you. Who was he showing that pattern to? He was showing it to Moses. Moses was the one that he wanted him to understand his pattern from the tabernacle. Moses was the one that's supposed to carry it out. So Moses had to stay in communication with God. Where am I going with Noah and Moses? They had to have a relationship with God. So whoever that God put you up under, they need a relationship with God to hear what God want them to do with the church that God has given unto them. So we have to understand that when we don't have a relationship with God and we're not in our word, who would want to come into a place and listen to somebody that's not having a relationship with God, that's not taking the word and getting into the word and allowing illumination to come to them from the word. This is why it's so important when I give you these teachings, you need to go back and you need to go over these teachings and say, Lord, show me this. Show me how you want me to see this. See, everybody sees differently, but it's the same thing. You may not grasp it the way I grasp it, but God is going to show it to you the way that you can grasp it according to where you are. So he showed Moses this pattern. Y'all, I'm telling you something. It's so awesome when God show you where he's taking you or he show you what he want done. I can say this, that I'm not an architect or a builder or anything like that. But because the spirit of the Lord is upon me, he will have me looking at some stuff and he'll say, this is what I want you to do with this area. I never would say that ain't going to work, God. Okay, God, this is what I'll do. And I'll give you an example. And I told you this before, but little house on the Perry, I wanted a little foyer out front so we can have another bathroom. Jennifer, my husband said it wouldn't work. I said, yes, it will work. How did I know it would work? Because God told me it would work. Now, if I had to listen to them two over there, it wouldn't have been no for you there. I would say, you know, you're right. I would have began to see the vision. They saw nothing. 
But God had me in a place that I didn't see nothing. Oh, y'all, I'm going somewhere. I saw something. So I didn't go on my husband, and I didn't go on little Jennifer over there. I said, no, 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 no. We're going to put a foyer. And if you go to Little House on the Prairie, it's a foyer there with a bathroom. Amen? Because I did it God's way. He showed me the pattern. He showed me how it needed to be. Give you another example. Every move that we made, God showed it to me. And when people would go in there, just like on Fremont, um, is that Fremont? They said it was tore up from the floor up. How could she bring us up in here? It ain't no help for this. But God said, no. You can do this. So I encouraged everybody, tell them, no, we can do this. How about it, Jennifer? We were carpenters. We put down tile. We did a lot of stuff, didn't we, um, Evangelist Newton? And we even praised God after we got the tile down. What was our song? Marching up design. So we kept it going. We kept it real. And when we looked at the place, it didn't look nothing like it was. Why? Because God had given me the pattern. He had given me how he wanted it. So what am I saying to you? Stay out of my business. See, because when God gives the leader what he wants the leader to do, it's not up to you to give a suggestion of, you better know who you're messing with. Because some people think that ain't going to work. You need to sit down. Go sit down. Because you can't be a part of this. People always got something to say. But when you know what God is saying, You don't pay attention to what they are saying. You carry out God's plan. Then another thing had happened. There was a building over here that um, God was allowing us to get. And Evangelist Newton and Deacon was in that part. But before that building, it was this building. And God began to show me how he wanted this building. And the funny part was when God show you stuff, he's going to show you what's wrong with it too. So when we purchased this building, or before we purchased it, I told my husband, I said, the only thing wrong is that men's bathroom up there, there's a problem with that bathroom. And that one, was there a problem? There was a problem. Because God showed it to me. See, God is going to show the leader what's going on with what they have. Next step was the building over there. So the Lord had me to draw out that building. Each room you see in there That's what I drew out, and that's how that building come out. Ain't God good? So he'll show you how he want things so you don't let nobody take you off of what God has given you because if God has given it to you, it's going to work. So I thank God for following his leading and not man's leading. Nobody don't need to vote on what God wants. Why should I sit up there and vote and say, should I do this wrong or shouldn't I? What do y'all think? We didn't even look at the money. We just did what God told us to do. And everything came the way it needed to come. Did we have problems? Yes, we had problems with some people. Those people was mad. You remember we was in a meeting with the men and they were trying to tell us, was it more money they wanted? And I said, you ain't getting no more money. Guess what? I believe we got some more money, didn't we? I think we did. And that man's face was on fire. So see, when God is doing something, nobody can stop what God is doing. So we have to hear the spirit of the Lord. So Moses and Noah had such a relationship with God. Look at Noah, y'all. Noah was around people that laughed at him. You're going to build an ark and it's not even raining? Why are you building an ark and ain't no rain? (laughs) 
But Noah didn't care about all that. He was just being obedient to God. And guess what happened? The ones that was ridiculing Noah got left behind. The doors were shut. They couldn't even get in. And this is why when you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, doing like he tell you to do, you will see the outcome of what God is doing. So the next one we talk about is Moses. He told him to build a tabernacle and he told him to do it after his pattern. But the thing that I like is, y'all know every piece of furniture that was in that tabernacle. Now understand this, Moses had to get his instructions from God. So as Moses did the, um, letting them know the pattern, he needed the people in order for the, the materials or the items to be made in the tabernacle. So guess what God did? When we look at Exodus 31, 1 through 11, Exodus 31, 1 through 11, God had put a spirit on this man. I don't want to mess up his name. But when he put the spirit of wisdom and understanding and knowledge upon him and in all manner of workmanship, this man was able to make every item that was in the tabernacle because the spirit of God was upon him. He had given him um, that in order to do everything that needed to be done. And he also gave him more men that could help him with what he was doing. Now, this scripture did not say that this man was already like this. It said that the spirit of the Lord came upon him in order for him to do it. So don't tell me that you can't put down a floor if God tell you you can. See, my, my husband became a plumber. He became a lot of stuff that he never was because he just asked the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I need help with this. And the Holy Spirit helped him to do whatever he need to do. So what am I saying? When God gives you something to do, quit saying, I can't. Because if he gave it to you, he know you can because his spirit is there to help you carry out what God has given you. He's going to give you one step at a time. And the Lord is reminding me of Renee back there with her daycare. Renee, you remember your daycare? What did God tell you? Nope, she's still shaking her head. Can somebody take her that mic? Oh, you can come up here. He said you can take her to mic, Raheem. From your start to finish. Oh, you talking about how I got it? Starting out. Uh, starting out in my daycare. Uh, I had a daycare home. I had a, a room. I used a bedroom. And uh, I didn't have no money. And you know it takes a lot of money to build a room. And I always wanted my own daycare room. So I just prayed and asked the Lord about you know, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get this room, but one of these days I want to get me a room somehow. And one day I went to Burger and it was this man at Brown's Mini Market. And, and he, I said, hmm, I was attracted to that name. So I called him, and it was just a miracle that this man built my daycare room piece by piece upon my payday. I would do the footing give him some money, size, 
Give him some money to roost the whole daycare room was built piece by piece by piece. And even here lately, I've been in my house for 20 years, and I didn't even know that heat pumps cost like $7,000, $8,000. I'm like, Lord, I do not know where and how I'm going to get a heat pump. I said, but Lord, I declare and decree, I'm going to have me a heat pump in 2016. And I got one. $125 a month. I got a brand new heat pump. And I give God glory because it was only because of God. God knows what we got. He knows what we can do. When we talking to him or we praying to him, he hears us. And he'll he put, showed you. He showed, he showed me if it wasn't for him leading in me and showing me, I wouldn't have never been able to do it. And as I recall, your daycare had gotten um, money and stuff, right, for the best daycare? Or Yep, I had a... Um, oh, I've been blessed so much in my daycare. They used to do... They still do grants. But the first grant they did was an outside grant. And it was a $10,000 playground grant. So at my house, my playground looked like the big centers with all of these thousands of dollars of stuff that I would have never. And I'm glad Pastor bringing this up because it's been a long time. I've been in daycare 20 years, and it's only because of God that I have what I have. That's because he anointed you. Mm-hmm. He had to start with you. And when he started with you, you didn't have all these things just popping Mm-mm. up at once. See, it had to be a desire. And the Bible says when you delight yourself in the mm-hmm. Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. But you had to go after his leading right. and not yours. You couldn't say that this is not going to work. Well, God, if you said it, That's right. then this is what's going to happen. That's exactly right. So this is why I say, y'all, I'm so excited about this teaching. And the reason why is we got confusion in the body of Christ. We got to, you can hand it to Kim. We got confusion in the body of Christ because we try to do stuff the way we want to do it. And it's not the way that God want us to do it. And I believe Kim got one after a pattern, the leading of God. I don't even know where to, where to start. Um, I was just here like, mm, 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 cause everything pastor was saying, I know God had done. Um, even as my walk through here, when we were at the first church, it seemed like every time God was leading the church to go higher, he was doing the same thing in my business. And um, I remember a word came through the church first. Um, God gave the word to Pastor and um, Sister Kathy, Sister Gloria. Um, she gave me a word as well to confirm it and how the money was going to be given and it was going to be paid for and I was going to have my own salon. And um, at the time, I was working for someone when Pastor came into my life again um, and I started doing her hair and I was trying to work on a building to get into, but I didn't think it would have been done until months later. And when Pastor came into my life, she gave me a word about what God was had for me. But I couldn't see it, but God knew. And then when I got in that building, 
that's when the word came again about how God was going to bless me with another business and it was going to be paid for. And before he did, he showed me. He showed where my building was a small square size. He showed a long hall and it was just big. And I got excited and I told Missy, I said, Missy, God is getting ready to give us more. And um, a little bit later, God blessed my mom to sell the property. And um, the people wanted to buy the property where y'all see that it's a CVS now in Castle Hayne. And we were able to move um, to the location I was in before I'm in now. And when we, before we went, I thank God for sending Missy and Angie because they trusted in God and they had faith in what I was believing. They didn't even know where I was going. They just trusted and believed we were going where God was sending us to go. And pastor told me, don't tell nobody. Let God do what he's going to do. And you don't tell no one because sometimes people can't see what God is showing you. Just like his teaching is. And they'll try to discourage you by saying one thing and God is saying another. Yes, you can. And he did just that. And it's a, I mean, it's a lot even with that. And I shared it at the prosperity conference, even with that. And, um, then from even there, when I met Jamie, I'm like, God, I can't run this place and be out of work and have a baby. If this is for me to do, you got to put the right one in my life so we can get a uh, room built on. I'm thinking a room built on. And God just set the right ones in my um, path. I remember pastor speaking a word to me up here. And she said, God is going to send someone to you. And they're going to do everything. And it happened just like that. It was just a, like a day or two. God sent someone and he was ready to work. And got me in there in three and a half weeks. And I was able to remodel one of my rooms. So it's just awesome because as we were moving in a church, it seemed like I was moving in my business. And um, it's just been an awesome ride with him. And he's telling me to do something else. And uh, thank God for this teaching. Amen. <laughs> now look at God. Y'all up there just make your baby leap, don't it? And the reason why, and I'm going to tell you why. Things happen with people. When you up under a leader that move according to the pattern of God and you attach to that leader, you're going to move too. But when you get out of where you are, you're going to stray. You're going to try to do things your way and not do it God's way. So Renee, I remember Renee, how we connected because I had to um, go to her daycare and anoint have a dedication of the daycare but before I went God told her that she was going to expand that it was going to be bigger and every time I turned around Renee was inviting me to something I was sitting there looking at Renee and I look at Renee sitting there now see you never know who God is putting in your life so what I'm telling you tonight is don't get in a hurry you have false prophets telling you even some sitting in this church, you need to be doing this. You've been sitting there too long. This is what God wants you to do. If God puts you up under a ministry, every joint supply, you a joint that's supplying for that ministry, and you don't supposed to be trying to set up other altars. Are we going to go through the whole shebang? 
We can't have isms and schisms in the body of Christ because God is going to choose who he wants to help with what he has given the person that he has put over you to carry out. This is why with Moses, look how he had to get men that God anointed to do the items in that sanctuary. Moses was the head over the people, but God put people under Moses to carry out what God was giving Moses. So see, if Moses was not listening to God, don't you know they would have had a mess in there? Everybody would have been trying to do their own thing. Look at your neighbor and say, quit trying to do your own thing, and God ain't told you. Say, you're not tired yet. (laughs) Say, I believe you are. Now quit asking God to strengthen you for something he didn't tell you to do. You ain't going to get the strength for that. That's what we do. Lord, I need strength to do this. God said, I ain't giving you no strength for that because that's not my pattern. That's not what I call. If y'all notice, when you look at Noah and you look at Moses, they didn't have what we have now. They didn't have electricians. (laughs) They didn't have all what we have now. They just had a word from the Lord and they carried out what God said. And then they can stand back and say, look at God. Because it was the glory of God that was manifested through them. So that tabernacle, every item in that tabernacle was made according to the pattern. Even the width, the length, the height, everything had to be exactly like God wanted it to be. Can you imagine you doing something and you're saying, I ain't going to do it that way. I'm going to cut it off a little bit more. It won't work because you go on out of the pattern that God told you. Have anybody noticed that when you get something in the, um, when you order something like a desk or chair or whatever, what do y'all find in the box? No, you don't. Because people throw them instructions away to put, empty all the stuff out and say, I believe I can put this together myself. And then that chair jacked up. That, then you having all these screws left over and don't know where they go. And then you're telling somebody, it's all right, just sit there to be okay. You're not, you're not um, looking at the way they said it should be done. Some people don't like to follow instructions. It takes too long. It just takes us out of our norm. So just get rid of that. We're going to figure it out ourselves. And then it don't turn out the way it's supposed to. So we see Moses. We see Noah. We see Moses and the tabernacle. We see the people that God called to help Moses with the items in the tabernacle. Who were they helping? Moses. Because they would, one thing you have to learn is you have to follow a leader. Not be head of the leader. You have to do, if the leader just gives you one thing, stay on that one thing. Don't move ahead of the leader because God is talking to the leader. This is why you have visions. God give the leader the vision. The vision is just like a word from the Lord. And the vision, the leader present the vision and the people follow the vision. You don't try to add to it. You don't try to take away from it. You follow the vision that God has given the vision there. Where did they get it from? God. And you need to look to see if it's lining up with the word. Any vision that does not line up with the word, don't follow it. Because that's not God. God is not going to go outside of his word. So we see Noah in the ark. We see Moses with the altar and the tabernacle. We see the items that were in the tabernacle. It had to be made a certain way. Next one I want to talk about is the tabernacle of David. 
Now, y'all know that the Ark of Covenant was in that tabernacle, and they just couldn't get to that Ark of Covenant, right? That was in that tabernacle. They had to go past. They had to take steps to get there, right? Now, the tabernacle of David. I'm going to read um, this right here dealing with David. Um, 2 Samuel 6. 2 Samuel 6. And I'm going to briefly go through what was happening with David. So what David did, he took the Ark of Covenant. Y'all know that's where God rests, right? That Ark of Covenant, that's the presence of God. He took it out of the tabernacle. And when David took that Ark of Covenant out of the tabernacle to move it where David was, guess what happened? They were moving it the wrong way. And the Bible says that when that Ark began to tilt, what was the man named Uzziah? He began to touch the Ark of Covenant. That was a no-no because God had a pattern. He had a way that that Ark of Covenant should be carried. It was already written. You could not go outside of that. So Uzziah died. When Uzziah died, David was upset. So this is what David done. He got rid, rid of the Ark of Covenant. He gave it to, I think it was Obed-Edom, Obed-Edom or something. Let me see what his name was. I can't pronounce that man's name. Obed, help me y'all, O-B-E-D-E-D-O-M. Obed-Edom? <laughs> he said what I said. So he gave it to him. Guess what happened? When he gave it to him, y'all, those people was prosperous. Those people were being blessed, and David was mad. So this is what David thought. He had so much fear dealing with that ark. He said, it's because we took that ark out of that tabernacle, and God is so upset. So we're just going to give it to him. But he saw it didn't have nothing to do with the ark being moved. It had something to do with them um, getting out of the pattern of God. So David went back and he got the Ark of Covenant. When he got the Ark of Covenant, they were singing, they were dancing before the Lord, they was worshiping before that Ark of Covenant, and it got so good, y'all, David began to come out of his clothes. He danced before the Lord so much, David was so happy that he got the Ark back that his wife was upset. Why would you come out of your clothes with all these handmaidens around you? She was upset at David. And David was saying, I'm honoring the Lord. Basically, David was saying, if I got to come out more, I come out more. So he was dancing to the point of it was outside of him. This is what I'm, I'm going to with the tabernacle of David. How was David's tabernacle different? The difference in David's tabernacle and um, Moses' tabernacle was David was foreshadowing what the New Testament church supposed to do. You remember when Jesus told the lady in John 4 that they would not need to worship in Jerusalem upon this mountain. Everybody would be able to worship before the Lord. It wouldn't be no stipulations. It wouldn't be no veil there. You would have freedom in worship. This is um, foreshadowing what the church is supposed to be doing now. There's nothing in between us to stopping us from worshiping God. So this is what David was portraying. He was portraying worship in front of the Ark of Covenant. Notice that they didn't have to go sacrifice animals. They didn't have to do all of these things because a new pattern of worship was going to begin. So we're going to go back to David because by the time we get to the New Testament, you're going to see why David set it up this way. 
So let me give you some um, background information about that pattern. Worship was according to the heavenly pattern. It pointed to the New Testament order of worship. You can look at Acts 15, 13 through 18, and John 4, 20 through 24, Acts 15, 13 through 18, John 4, 20 through 24, and Hebrews 13, 15. That means now we can go to that throne boldly to find mercy in our time of need. And this is what David worshiping was about. You didn't need to sacrifice all of this stuff. That's why they call it the tabernacle of David. The tabernacle of David was a symbol or foreshadowing of the church. Um, in the book of Hebrews, we are told to come bold into the throne room of God. Because of the redeeming work of Jesus, we have that full presence to go to God. This is what David was portraying. And when you read in Amos, I think it's the ninth chapter, it's telling you that they're going to bring back the tabernacle of David because that's when we worship God in spirit and in truth. And it's not based on these sacrifices and all of this stuff. So that's the tabernacle of David. So he was doing that even after the pattern that God would have him to do it. So anything that we do, it has to be according to this word. It cannot be outside of this word. This is why you need to stay in the word that whoever is teaching you or whoever you around, you're going to know what the word is saying for yourself and you're not going to go outside of the word. Do not get lazy and come to these classes and go home and not check the word out for yourself because I guarantee you, you're going to run up on these very things that I'm talking about. And if you go visit another church, you're going to see how the order of worship is carried out. If you notice in some churches, they carry out by program. You have certain times to do stuff, and then the preacher can't preach enough for about five, eight minutes, or ten at the most, and church is over, right? That's not God's way. That's not God's way of doing things. So people, when they put on programs, that means you're doing it yourself. You're not allowing the spirit of the Lord to move the way that he needs to move. And this should not happen in the house of God. You got so many denominations. We're going to get into that too. And it's not about denominations. God never set up denominations. If you go through the Bible, you do not see denominations. You see the church of Galatia, the church of, they name in the churches, but they have not set up a denomination. I'm Baptist. I'm Presbyterian. And we serve in the same God. How's everybody? I'm holy. We all holy. So they have different ways of showing people that they're Baptist, that they're holy, that they're Catholic, that they're Jehovah. God didn't create all of that. So when we go through this, you're going to understand, wow, that's what's going on. I was wondering. And see, when you know truth, what truth is, you're not going to sit in the midst of stuff and sit there and knowing that it ain't God, you know, this is why Paul got beat up. This is why all of those apostles got beat up and killed and stuff because the things that they were doing was not right. And this is why Jeremiah, in the scriptures you see where he rooted up, he tore down, he had to root up, he had to tear down before he built up and planted. This is what this ministry is about. So when I go places and I'm rooting up and I'm tearing down, you got to root up and tear down before it can be built the way God wanted it to be built. 
So when we used to go places, y'all hear what I said? Used to go places. People don't kick me out of places. Anyway, I remember my husband, he used to be on Judah. And I didn't know this. So I'm doing stuff the way God wanted me to do it. And he back on Judah ducking. Back to hide. Now I'm his wife. How can you hide like that? For real? So he back there ducking and a dodging. But when you understand what this ministry is about, this is what God has called me to do. So I'm going in there to root up these traditions. I'm going in there to tear down what God didn't build. Then I'm going to come in there and build you up and show you how it's supposed to be. That's what apostles do. Apostles govern. They go in and govern and make sure stuff is in order. How in the world, Jennifer, can I come to Judah and be a choir director and that ain't on me? Wonder how? It's God. Because, see, God would give me an ear to say, ah, that ain't right. So he'll let you know what's going on if he puts you over something. Some people think, now, this is something that um, God has shown me. If you listen to him, he'll show you where error is. Now, when I started, this is the funny part. Jennifer know I was at the door. I was at, I did everything. God had me all over the church. And, I'm, and I got so used to being all over the church, I never forget little dear Kathy over there. When we would go out and Kathy wanted to carry my Bible, uh, I can carry my own Bible. Because <laughs> I'd done stuff so much, I didn't want nobody to do it for me because God has set me up that way. Did not understand where God was taking me. He walked me through all of the fivefold until he got me to the place where he wanted me to be to govern everything. So see, it takes time. Don't be trying to push your way into anything. You need to have a relationship with God, first of all, to hear God. Quit trying to look for a prophet to tell you who you're going to marry, what your job is, who you're going to be with tomorrow. No, quit looking for root workers and get into your word and say, God, speak to my heart. Show me what I need to be doing. You got too many people, if they hear prophet in front of your name, they lined up at the door. Y'all, I'm telling you something. I have learned these things through, some of them through trial and error. But I try to stay within what God tell me to do. And God is reminding me of a youth conference we went to. And we went to this youth conference. Y'all, I mean, the word um, come forth and everything. And, of course, God is going to tell you about the church, what the church ain't doing, what the church need to do. So after all of this with the youth, you know, we're calling people up. Nobody act like they want to move. So we got ready to leave and somebody come up. So the power of God began to move, y'all. This is the funny part. And, honey, I believe you remember this. I'm trying to get out and get to my car, and this is no lie. Everybody was slain on the floor. I left my pocketbook, I remember because it was red, put it up under somebody's head and went to the car. Brother John ran to the car. He said, Pastor, now how can you leave us in there like that? I said, I was through. So he had to bring me my purse. What am I saying? When God moves and you move with the spirit and you do like God wants you to do, it's no longer about you no more. It's all about what he want to do at that particular time. My mind was not on me being seen. I was focused on what do you want to do in this place and how do you want to do it? So everywhere you go, especially if God got you walking as an apostle, he's going to show you what's going on in the place. And I know y'all remember this one, Jennifer. I was preparing for a place to go, and the Lord said, before you leave, 
He said, get Harold to um, a laminate, a piece of chicken, a donut, and fish. Get him to laminate that. I said, well, okay, I don't know why you want me to do it, but I do it. So I told Harold, Harold found the prettiest piece of chicken, pretty fish, and donuts. So we got to the place, and I'm just ministering, ministering, telling them, when God gives you something to do, then you don't have to try to sell stuff to do it. So I lined everything up. And the girl said, yeah, we were selling chicken and we were selling fish. So at the end of the service, this little boy come up to me. He said, you want a donut? She said, get back in that kitchen with them donuts. <laughs> I'll never forget it. You want a donut? And I said, well, okay, God, there it is. She said, I must confess. And she confessed with everybody saying, I was trying to sell stuff to pay my rent. And God just told her, see, this is what I'm talking about. When God called you in an area to do something, and you being obedient to God, it ain't for you to go to get the glory. It's for you to go and do what God tell you to do because what was he doing in that house? He was bringing order to that house. And guess what? After that, it was shut down. They didn't have that church no more. So see, people are building ministry. They're putting people up under them. This is what you call scattering the sheep. They may last for a year, maybe less than a year, and they got people in there selling stuff, working and doing this and working and doing that, and then they get tired because they know it ain't God no more. So then they come up with an excuse. Well, you know, God told me to go back to work. Well, I thought God told you to come off the job. He did for a season. Well, the fish plates wasn't working no more. That's what people do, for real. They say, God told me to come off my job. Now, y'all, I'm not boasting or bragging, but I've been off my job since 2001, two, since 2002. And I've been trusting God ever since. So you're in the right place to learn how to trust God, to learn how to follow your leader and do what your leader tell you to do. Now, if your leader is putting people in place, it ain't for you to say they shouldn't be here. They don't know what they're doing. You're just a rebellious child. And you, you letting the devil use you to stop what God is doing in the place. So quiet. This teaching, y'all, is going to uproot some stuff. Guess what I'm doing, y'all? I'm a root up, tear down, I'm a build. And I'm going to plant. That's what I'm going to do with the help of the Holy Ghost. And y'all going to learn some stuff. And you're going to be so astound. And you're going to say, God, I thank you for teaching. Now I understand that. So this is what we're going through with building and planting. Um, we talked about the um, tabernacle of David. Now we're talking about the temple of Solomon. I know it's a lot, but I have to finish so we can move on next Tuesday. The Temple of Solomon. And this is 1 Chronicles 28, 10 through 21. When you get a chance to read about the Temple of Solomon, 1 Chronicles 28, 10 through 21. Read through that. It'll tell you the pattern that God gave them for this temple and how he wanted this temple to be. And if you go back to um, David, David could not build a house from the Lord. He shedded too much blood. 
So God said, your son will be the one that build the house that I dwell in. That's the temple of Solomon. The last temple I want to tell you about is the temple um, dealing with the vision of Ezekiel. This is Ezekiel 43, 10 through 13. Ezekiel 43, 10 through 13. And this is what God had given Ezekiel. Take the time to read that and we'll go over those two um, next Tuesday if there's anything God want me to pull out. But through this teaching tonight, I hope that you see the pattern the way that God would want it to be. And I can say that people that have got out of the pattern of God in the way that he wanted to be, it will not work because God anointing is not going to be upon it. So don't try to go out there and do something that God has not called you to do because it will not work. You're doing it in your own strength and God is not going to anoint that. Anytime you get out of the will and the way of God, he's not anointing that. You may seem like you're moving, but you end up right back in the same spot. Amen. So I pray that the first part of this teaching have given you some understanding with the pattern of God. Amen. Is there anybody that want to share something that God has shown them? And he has given it to you step by step, and you have followed that, and it has worked so far. Do we have anybody else? Okay. Tyson. You want to come up or you want the mic? Okay. You know they want to see you. They want to know who they're talking to and not the back of your head. Thank you, Tyson. I'll be quick. Um, God, God shows me a lot of stuff that probably is weird to a lot of people, so I learned to just keep it to myself because, like Pastor was saying, if he show you something, he going to show it to you the way that he wants it to be done. So he taught me that you can't expect everybody to understand that because a lot of people are not going to be where you're at, especially if you, if it's something that's really uh, above and beyond what's normal. So um, I got to a point in my life where I was stagnant. Like, um, I'm never satisfied with anything, and that's just the way I am, but... Um, like my dad always say, man, you, you should be glad where you're at. You know, you don't accomplish a lot, blah, blah, blah. But it's different because God shows me what he has for me, and I know how far away I am from that. So when he show it to me, it's like, well, it's, this is not what I'm supposed to be, you know what I'm saying? But I can't expect everybody to understand that. So I got stagnant to a point. So um, God exposed me. He exposed me through somebody that I was talking to. Um, I knew this, this this young lady. She was like 21. And when I met her, she was out in the world. So, uh, you know, she was, you know, doing everything that a 21-year-old would do. So I was talking to her. We talked on the phone every now and again. It was fine, blah, blah, blah. So, um, and she had, she was interested in me. But, you know, a lot of women are, so whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm going to sit down on that one. You know, but. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. But, uh, but so I was kind of just talking to her, whatever. And um, she called me. 
one day, I was going to a meeting for, for some business stuff, and she called me one day, and she was like, uh, you know, God told me that I don't need to talk to you anymore like that. And I was like, talk to me? Like, what, who you mean? You know who I am. Like, you talk to me. Like, who wouldn't want to talk to me? She was like, God told me that um, basically you are going to be a distraction for what, where he got me going at. And she hung the phone. So when she hung the phone, I was lost. I was confused. I was like, what? God? So God was protecting her from me like he protect me from other people. So, like, I had to turn around and look at it. I was like, so, God, you mean to tell me that um, I would have been uh, a hindrance to her through through a certain area of her life? And he was like, yeah. I was like, well, what does that make me? He was like, you tell me. So <laughs> I was looking at myself, and I looked, and I was like, man, I'm straddling. Like, I am, I am playing two sides of the fence, and, and just because God protects me, if somebody is doing it the way that God told them to do it exactly, then he's going to, he's got so much, uh, he's got so much of an emphasis on protecting them because they doing exactly what he said that he don't care who it is in the way. So, um, I said from that day forward, I said, Lord, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta change. I gotta, I gotta fix myself. So I did. And he restored our relationship, luckily, and um, she has become a major part of my life because uh, now she's somebody that I can talk to to, you know, keep me on the right track, keep me in the word or whatever. So whenever I started doing that, I got stagnant. So I switched my life around and I, and I got more sincere, which was went into the teaching that pastor was teaching about before. It's about repenting and all that stuff and doing it the right way and being sincere about it and, and, and sincerely trying to leave the OU behind. So when I did that, um, it was weeks where, you know, I was like, Lord, you know, all this stuff that you promised me ain't nothing coming to pass. Like, what do you want me to do? I don't want to, I don't want to be around here suffering in front of blah, 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 and this and that. But it was all a humbling thing. So when I sincerely gave my life or, or when I sincerely, um, try, try to adapt, y'all think I'm lying. I literally, it was literally blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing to the point where he gave me options of blessings to choose from. So, like, instead of me not having no options to choose from, it was like you get a whole platter of, of, of blessings to choose from just from being obedient. And um, I was like, wow, Lord. And it literally, like, like Ken was talking about, like, you might think it might take three or four months. It happened in two days. Like, within two days, my whole life was turned around, and I was to a, to a point where I got to talk to my parents about, you know, what direction should I go in because, Lord, it's only you that's doing this. Like, no man could possibly do this. So um, that's why I, I really appreciate Pastor and Brother James and, and the church family here because um, y'all got to understand that if God put you here, then you got favor over your life because he is, he is truly a blessing to us through them because here you can get that you can maximize what he has for you a lot of places miss that like we, we take advantage of it because we can come to church and get the right word and we can go and leave and do that people go to church been going to church for 50 years and still don't know the true power of god so here i, I really really uh suggest that you guys really take heed to what she's saying 
and, and take heed to how stuff is ran here because God is real. All right. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Do we have anybody else before we dismiss? Okay, I'm going to call the deacon up. And we're going to do our offering and we're going to close. Do we have any announcements?